0: Tia! Tia! Vai embora! Sit back, relax, real talk, what you listen to. Hosted by Black Brothers, distinguished individuals. So listen up, cause times is getting critical. This is where we ignite your mental and your physical. To the point where your spiritual is visible. Our mission, each one, teach one, till our bond is indivisible. Where we make bread like bakeries, what you thought? It's a brothers podcast, slash crib report. Crying bars in World Tour. They give you fly bars in the world of sports. LT the voice got the news. Jay Boogie, PC Joe, yeah, they got the juice. And last but not least, we got Hawkeye and Mr. Wallace with the hot topics. Yeah, it's hard to stop us. Stop and be our last resort. It's the Burris Podcast, Stash Crib Report. Chip. BK.
1: Welcome to the Brothers Podcast, I'm here with Ryan Bars, how you doing?
0: Hey, what's going on, my people?
1: LT The Voice, how you doing?
2: Chiller, chiller, good afternoon, gentlemen.
1: Jay Boogie, how you doing?
2: Yes, sir, welcome to the
3: 4040 Club.
1: Right. All right, we got LT The Voice with the news, go ahead, boy.
2: All right, Um, news for the last two weeks. 13-year-old hospitalized in Newark after being shot. She shot herself in the head, but she is okay. Police make make arrests and a deadly road rage shooter in Queens. And that was crazy. A 16-year-old girl stabbed in the neck, in the Bronx, near Liberty Liberty Avenue, a suspect was arrested for attempted rape of a homeless woman in the Bronx. MTA is going to install cameras in every train car by 2025. A train um, plows into a police vehicle while a suspect was inside the car. So they stopped the car, it was a um, police car was on the train track. And then they put her inside of the police car and started searching her car. And then the train was coming and it just hit her. She got um, head damage and a couple of broken ribs, but she's, she's all right. She survived that, bought a great cigar. Deadly shooting in Crown Heights. 17 year old girl got shot. That, that was crazy. Queenie's man charged with deadly um, stabbing for the um FDNY, the EMS Lieutenant. That, that was sad. That was just so sad. There was a police, involved shooting in Brooklyn, over there in their Broadway, Van Buren, and Patton Avenue. And that's all the news I have for today.
1: All right. Thank you, L.T. The Voice. Jay Boogie here with sports.
3: Yeah, um, just to add two more things to the news piece, I was reading a little bit earlier today um, about the Supreme Court. Um, Justice uh, Katani Brown-Jackson took her seat on the Supreme Court, which is a big big deal. They reshuffled the seats on the Supreme Court on how they sit. Um, So it's pretty, pretty historic to see that photo. But I think what's interesting is that this term, um, this, this Supreme Court will take up uh, cases that they will hear is uh, cases on immigration, affirmative action, environmental regulations, religious liberty, and more importantly, voting rights. Uh, And these are all areas, obviously, where the solid conservative majority on the Supreme Court uh, can easily, easily control the outcome. So I think that's something that we all should be paying attention to, particularly when you talk about affirmative action, religious liberties and voting rights, as obviously that affects us as minorities more than anything else. And with a conservative controlled uh, bench, it's going to be very interesting the outcome. So I think people should be paying attention to that. You know, we, we've we kind of locked in on Roe versus Wade, but, but these coming up is going to be very, very important uh, for us going forward and our children. The other piece in the news I saw was uh, Eric Adams is building like a 1,000-person bed tent up in the Bronx um, while he's trying to come up with a plan to, to, to put these um, migrants that have been bust and flew up there by the Texas governor um, and the Florida governor, where he's trying to find places to put them. But I think what's interesting is the guy that he has building these, this tent city, so to speak, is the same company that Donald Trump had contacted to build a wall that was paying millions of dollars. And so I think that's very interesting uh, and can't be, can't be uh, overlooked either. That's the person that he chose to go and build this little tent city in the Bronx. So pay attention to that too. And I think it's interesting work watching um, over to the, over to sports NBA preseason is underway. We're about a week, week and a half away from the NBA season starting. Uh, so here we go again. Um, I did read a report yesterday that the Pacers are now willing to trade with the Lakers. That's good news for you Hawkeye. Um, the package would include buddy Hill and miles Turner and the Lakers are now willing to give up those two unprotected first round picks. I know they've been trying for a couple of years now to get buddy Hill, but I think both buddy Hill and miles Turner would be a good pickup for the Lakers. Uh, and it's interesting that they're now willing to come off those two unprotected first round picks. Uh, the Celtics signed Blake Griffin to a one year fully guaranteed contract. Pretty cool for him. Um, OKC and the Rockets made a trade. Key pieces on this is um, the Rockets get Derek Favors uh, and Mohawkless and a second-round pick, and then the key for OKC was, was Trey Burke. Uh, he, was the big, he was the big name uh, in that trade as well. Major League Baseball last, last week of the season uh, coming up now. Judge obviously finally hit his number 61. He's still He's got one more at-bat today to try and get number 62. Um, I think him hitting number 61 should finish off his MVP season and potentially a triple crown. He's sitting number two right now on batting average, but he's still got three more days to kind of get it up to see if he can he can secure that triple crown. But I think by all means, his MVP season is secure. Um, Albert Pujols, first ballot show fire Hall of Famer. He hit a 700 home run. That was pretty pretty special to watch. And then the, um, the Angels got pretty smart this year because there was a lot of noise about Shohei Ohtani wanting to come to the Yankees uh, as he was supposed to become a, a free agent this offseason. They signed him to a one-year, $30 million extension uh, to avoid arbitration and then keep him keep him there in Anaheim for at least one more year to keep him away from the Yankees. And then the Braves and the Mets uh, down in the NL, they'll come down to the wire to see who will win the NL East. Uh, the Braves got a win last night. They're up one game now. Three more games left for those guys. Um, they both secured a playoff berth, but it's all about the first-round bye. So whoever wins that NL East will get the first-round bye. Um, NCAA football well underway as well. Georgia got a big scare yesterday; um, they fell on the standings that came out today. Alabama jumped them, um, and I think this will be the this will be the beginning of the end uh, for the rest of the, <laughs> for the rest of college football as as Alabama is on a revenge tour this year. Uh, over to boxing um, reports say Spence and Crawford their fight is in jeopardy uh, as there are lingering contract issues, particularly for those guys. It's, it's the it's the split of the purse. And I think we all knew that that was going to come down to, that was probably going to be the major hiccup in this, in this fight was the, was the purse split. Um, Brian Garcia could constantly putting pressure on Tank Davis to fight. He's, he's to social media. He's on TV. He's everywhere trying to, trying to get Tank to come to a fight. And then obviously, we saw Chakor dominate dominant in his one last week. Um, but he had to give up his belts because he didn't make weight. Um, but obviously now he's looking at either Devin Haney, Vasily Lomachenko, Tank Davis, Ryan Garcia, or, or Kambasos to fight all big money fights. Uh, and so we'll see what happens with Shakur Stevens, And then finally, over to the NFL, obviously, the big story was the two-attack of Vailoa uh, and the missed concussion diagnosis on him, which is very scary. I don't know if you guys saw that game on Thursday, but that was a very, very scary sight to see him laying down there on that floor like that. Clearly, it was some ne- neural uh, injuries to his brain. Uh, and all of a sudden, he was now diagnosed with a concussion, and he is in concussion protocol now both the NFL and the NFL players association are both doing an investigation on this. Um, but the, the NFL did suspend uh, or fire the, 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 um, the two non affiliated um, doctors that did not make the diagnosis on him. Uh, and so that was kind of the first step. And then they obviously the NFL came out today and said that there will be uh, some changes to, to the protocol. But like I said, like I was talking to one of my buddies, um, you know, I said those independent consultants uh, have to clear the player, but the team doctors and the trainers and even the coaches hold some responsibility um, just on a human level, you know, with with their players to protect them. So even if the even if the doctors had cleared them, I think just on a human level, seeing how fucked up Tua was, they should have never allowed him to go back out and play Sunday. They certainly shouldn't have allowed him to play on Thursday uh, on a short week. And so we'll see what the fallout is of this. Uh, and hopefully he's all right long term. You know, not on a not on a football level, but just on a on a on a human level. I hope he's okay long term. Um, uh, Spills your Eagles. They look real good right now. Uh, they look like the most dominant team right now in the National Football League. KC um, to you, um, Hawkeye and Mahomes got a little riff going on with Eric Bieniemy. I think a lot of this is starting to bubble, where it starts to show. This could be really the reason why, as much as there was outrage on why Eric Bieniemy has not gotten a head coaching offer. um, This could be some of those reasons why um, as it's starting to show, and a lot of players are starting to talk about Eric Biennemi himself as well, on why they don't see him as head coaching quality. So uh, this could be very interesting the rest of the season as well as the end of the season, because Biennemi was only extended by a year uh, for this year. And then obviously we saw um, Rihanna, she she tweeted out with the football on her hand, she slated to do the halftime show at Super Bowl 57, which is huge for her. Um, and then um, in the Brothers Podcast, Fantasy Football League, malls off to a hot start, but he looked like he might go down today. Uh, he's off 3-0. Joe took a loss last week. He ain't want to fucking post, post, post his pitch after I beat his ass. Uh, my main man, LT, the voice is on a two-game losing streak, but he might get a dub today as well uh, early on to the season, but we'll see how, the, how, the, how it shakes out. And then obviously the, the, the other big news around it, surrounding the National Football League was the Brett Favre issue, which we'll get into in a little bit. That's
1: all I got for you. All right,
0: Ryan Bars, this week in hip hop history. Yes, sir, I got you. Yo, Public Enemy released their fourth studio album, Apocalypse 91 The Enemy Strikes Black, October 1st, in 1991. You know what I mean? I, I'm pretty sure that was a good album because Public Enemy, they were some nice artists, you know what I mean? Um. You know, you remember my boy Flavor Flav. He was the hype man, you know what I mean? Everybody know Flav. Everybody know Chuck D. You know what I mean? For And they, they just a good group in hip-hop history. But moving on, we got Outkast released their third album, Aquemini, September 29th, 1998. Now, you know, I wasn't a big Outkast fan back in the days, but I do... You know, remember some of they like, you know what I mean, they hottest tracks from back in the days. They 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 ain't nothing to mess with neither as a group in hip hop. Then we got Tribe Core Quest released their fifth album, The Love Movement, September 29th, 1998. I used to listen to that. You know what I mean? The matter of fact, I'm 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 bugging. I'm thinking about the low end theory. That's that's another album from the Tribe Core Quest that I used to listen to. And they <clears throat> they another dope group in hip hop. Then we got Black Star, Tyler Kwa and Mos Def released their self-titled album September 29th in 1998. Now, I know I got to ask some questions on this next one. Jay-Z released his third album, Volume 2, Hard Knock Life, September 29th, 1998. Tell me, I'm going to go with J Boogie first. What's your favorite track on that album? I right, let me ask LT, LT the voice. What's your favorite track on the album?
2: The song itself is a hard not life. Nice. The song itself.
0: The 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 single. Okay. Yeah. No doubt, no doubt. It's so many tracks on there, you know what I mean? My favorite was uh 980 Streets is mine, I done came up, put my life on the line, time to change up, now it's my time to shine, no more, you know, him and Meth Bleak, you know what I mean, 980 Streets is mine, I, I love that track. But, my, yeah, bad, my bad,
3: my wife, had called me. my bad, fellas.
0: No doubt. Go yeah, Jay, what you was about to what say? Was, what was the question? Oh, uh, your favorite track on Jay-Z's third album, Volume 2, Hard Not Life.
3: Ooh. uh, I think it's a tie for me
0: between right.
3: Reservoir Dogs
0: Reservoir Dogs, okay
3: and
0: probably Nigga What, Nigga Who got you Jazzo, rip that Jazzo, yeah, rip yeah. that <laughs> that Jazzo, was the end of Jazzo that. I know, right <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, boy, yeah. There's a couple of hard tracks on that. You know what I mean? But reservoir Dogs, I, I gotta give it up to you. That's one of the hottest tracks on there. You know what I mean, my boy? Source money. Yeah, man. He he wrote that. You motherfuckers are
3: sick. Don't think source the shit. So many bitches on my. I thought I lost my dick. Right.
0: <laughs> <Picture> <laughs> me falling off. I'm camera, camera shot. <laughs> Man was, it was fly, fly. miss but you. But your but man, your man <laughs> <laughs> Word. That was cool. Yeah, Source Money was the man back in the day, yo. Shout-outs to Source Money. Yes, yo, sir. moving on, though, we got to uh recognize that Coolio died September 28th, uh, 2022, this year. You know what I mean? We all saw, you know what I mean, everybody talking about it, everybody, you know what I mean, wishing him you know what I mean, to rest in peace. And I just want to give a moment of silence for Coolio. Give just, you know what I mean, a couple of seconds. All right, yo. And, um, you know, Gangsta's Paradise was so hot that Weird Al Yankovic had to make a parody to it, you know what I mean? So... And then he had so many other tracks, you know what I mean, that had you dancing in the club. I remember joints from him, you know what I mean, that had me like, okay, he, he's a he's a dope artist. And yeah, moving on, we got KRS-One released his first solo album, Return of the Boom Bap, in 1993. I wasn't a big KRS fan, but, you know what I mean, I remember, you know what I mean, some of his tracks, like, I like the way he makes reggae with his tracks sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, he's a dope artist, too. And then we got Method Man and Red Man released their debut album, Blackout, September 28th, 1999. I had this album. My joint was (laughs) Rockwallow. Microphone checkup, between a song of You know what I mean? Moving down the sector, Supreme, Supreme Neck, Neck Protector. Protector. Yeah, they had some tracks on there. Serial Kill. Remember that joint? Yeah. Him and Redman. That they they uh a dope group together. I wish they made more albums. You know what I mean? But uh, then we got Coogi Rat releases debut solo album Four Five Six, September 26, nineteen ninety five. And then last but not least, Sean released his debut album September 26, 2000. What type of bang, what he said? Slinging bang in the streets. Bad boys. What type of laying the trunk for weeks? Bad boys. What type of, of ride Bentley, Bentley Coops? coops. Aim, Aim for, for, the, for sky. the sky. The, then shoot. Yeah, that's my dude right there. I'm so glad that he he. His life has changed tremendously, you know what I mean? And now he's he's doing, you know, politics and, you know what I mean, he's getting his bag, you know what I mean? So I'm glad that he got out of hip-hop, you know what I mean, and, and changed his life because the way he was going, you know what I mean, it, it wasn't looking good for him. I'm glad he did his time and now he's, you know what I mean, doing way better. And, and is it is it Belize? Uh, Jason? Yeah, Belize, yes, Belize. Okay. Yeah, he, he, you know what I mean, looking out for his people. And, and it's that's...
3: interesting enough for him, man, he's got aspirations to be the next prime minister.
0: Wow, that's cool, man. See, that's, that's, that's black excellence right there, you know what I mean? You can't keep us down, you know what I mean? We, we, we come from the slums, and then we make it out of there, and then, you know what I mean, make it better for ourselves. So, that's that's black excellence right there. I gotta give a shout out to Sean for doing what he did. Sean Poe. All right, that's that's the end of uh, this hip, this week in hip hop. I right, give it back to Hawkeye. All right, thank you so much for that. No All problem. right. So
1: Brett Favre, the ex NFL QB is accused of misusing of Mississippi State Welfare Fund. Um, Tax records, which are obtained by ESPN and uh, Athletic on September 28th show that Brett Favre charity, far from home, funded more than $130,000 to the University of Southern Mississippi Athletic Foundation from 2018 to 2020. The, the charity was originally created to help charities that provide support to underserved and disabled children and breast cancer patients. Basically, they're saying that he using the the this this money to um, to fund a, val- a new volleyball cut, and his daughter um, played volleyball. Um, Brett Favre, um, you know, he has denied these allegations. Um, he has- and he's been using his um, influence, especially with the elected officials, to help him in this situation. Um, I'm going to start here with of um, Voice. What's your thoughts on this?
2: That's crazy for the simple fact. It'd be a lot of these white people that be using um, government money for shit like this. It's not the first time it happened. It's just that he got caught and it's fucked up because people need this money. They take the money out of people's mouths and people's kids' mouths that really need it. You know what I mean? There's a lot of hungry people out here. And that's just ridiculous, man. You got all this money from the NFL already and he's still taking more money. That's just being fucking plain as greedy. That's my take on that. All right, Jay Boogie.
3: Yeah, I think it's I think it's criminal at best, right? I mean, to to LT the voice's point, you know, all of the money that he's made throughout his throughout his NFL career, things that he's still doing off the field with Wrangler and and other companies where he's still making money off of endorsements. And I think you know, just by the name itself in Brett Favre, he he would be an attraction to to raise money, which obviously if you read that article, he was supposed to be at a couple of events where he was supposed to go speak. He never showed, but yet they still paid him the money. And why just not do right by people, particularly in the state of Mississippi, which is probably one of the poorest states in the country. Um, Obviously seeing all of the issues that they've been going through over the past month with, with not even having potable water to drink, um, I mean, that's just absurd. That the money that the former governor was allowing him to take um, was from really from the black community in Mississippi, which is a very, a very high number in the state of Mississippi. And all of this for volleyball court for his for his daughter, money for the school at which he played, where he tried to he tried to court Shakur Sanders, which is um, Deion Sanders' son. And so all of these illegal things that he was trying to do, which was to get. You know Southern Miss back on the map, uh, but he did it at the cost of other of other poor people, and and even trying to court a young black man, you 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 felt that it was okay to destroy other black people in order to get this one man, one young man to come uh, to your school for for namesake, and then you know I I just think it's fucking criminal, and I think. It's not talked about enough right now. ESPN has kind of picked up the stories again about him. You know, the, there's so many other stories that people are talking about. But I think we should not let this fall to the wayside because it is it is absolutely criminal man that that he's allowed to to still continue to get away with this. and he's he's been rel- relatively quiet um, publicly about it, which means you know, obviously where there's smoke, there's fire. And so I, I just think it's criminal man that 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 he's allowed to get away with this. But meanwhile, we crucified we crucified James Winston when he went you know took some fucking crabs or some lapses for 30 dollars out of a supermarket right not saying that that makes it any better but it was 30 dollars of crabs here we're talking about millions of dollars that was supposed to go to underprivileged underserved you know communities in the state of Mississippi and we got nothing about it one day two days that's it and again it just kind of shows you how unfair this this news cycle is this this, the, the system towards black and white is still a problem, again, and particularly in the state of Mississippi, they will make sure that that story dies. Um, I just think you can see the, 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 the unfair advantage that Jameis was at versus this. And now what we're talking about is two attack of Tagovailoa and, and all of these issues that he had. And again, that buries the story of what Brett Favre did and how illegal, oh, by the way, the text messages uh, from all of those government officials have been foia and received because they are in the government. And so you can't FOIA Brett Favre's and FOIA is a Freedom of Information Act. You can't FOIA his records because it's his personal phone, but those government employees you can. And so obviously he's tied to it through those government phones. And I just think it's absolutely horrendous. And then, you know, there's other folks that was involved in this as well. We saw Ted DiBiase Sr. was involved in this. Um, Other folks, not just Brett Favre, but Brett Favre was the big catch in this. And so what happens to the former governor? Does anything happen to him? What happens to Brett Favre? What happens to Ted DiBiase? And then when you see all of these other folks that have pled guilty already, to me tells you that there was something that was done that was illegal and he should he should be prosecuted at the fullest extent of the law, in my opinion.
1: Ryan Bars, your thoughts?
0: Yeah man when i first you know what i mean started hearing about it in the news i was like wow this dude is super rich already you know what i mean and this is what he does you know what i mean like it's it's super corrupt you know what i mean and i i feel like you know what i mean as a a recipient of you know what i mean like food stamps when i was younger you know what i mean i i i feel bad for the kids in mississippi you know what i mean that not getting what they deserve, you know what I mean? Because they could, they could just be like, "Oh yeah, they deserve eight hundred a month, but we we gotta give them five hundred a month because Brett Favre need the volleyball court for his daughter." You know what I mean? And they sitting there starving at the end of the month. You know what I mean? Thinking about when they are gonna get their next meal from. You know what I mean? Because he wants to, you know what I mean? Like Jay said, put Ole Miss on the map it's really ridiculous and it's very shameful and I hope they get to the bottom of this so that you know if they do find him guilty he can do his time for the crime that he's doing and that's my take
1: yeah I mean um, you know, this is a, a really sad situation but you know Brett Favre has been you know as far as um you know, been a lot of stuff that he did has been put to the wayside anyway. That's why the situation with Dream Sturgeon from the Jets, when he was sending her lewd pictures.
0: <laughs> wow. You remember that? Yeah. he's with the Jets. I forgot about that. that.
1: And, you know, nothing came about that. But you see, um, you know, other coaches and players, you know, they'll get crucified for doing something, or even legal charges will be put against them. So, I don't know, But what do you think about this Brett Favre? Do you think he's gonna get um, Brett Favre? Is just not a good person. You know, Shannon Sharp hate him for some reason. I don't know what happened, but um,
3: well, that's all related to his brother, and how he treated his brother.
1: Right. So how did he treat? How did he treat Sterling Sharp? I don't. I haven't heard anything about that, but
3: yeah, he 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 was not treated very very fair uh, by Brett Favre back in those days, and and then and this is not an excuse for Brett, but Brett was heavy on drugs back then. Uh, he was taking a lot of uh, pain, uh, what do you call it? I forgot the type of meds he was taking, but Brett Favre for a long time, through the, probably the first half, more than more than first half of his career, was heavy into drugs while he was playing in the National Football League. And so that rage came towards mostly minorities on that team. Sterling was one of the few uh, minorities that was on that team. That's the reason why Shannon Sharp also gave him um, his Super Bowl ring when he won his first Super Bowl with Denver he gave his Super Bowl ring to his brother because he knew the situation he was in in Denver and, and, and Green Bay was untenable for him to even win because of how Brett Favre treated him, right? And, and, and to Shannon's credit, he keeps that kind of quiet. He doesn't go public about it, but that was the reason why he gave his brother that, that, that ring. Now, do I think something's gonna happen to Brett Favre? I doubt it, I, I doubt it. Mississippi's a very, very deep red state. Uh, and those folks that sit in, the, in positions of power uh, they will protect them at the at the government level, at the state government level, they will protect them. You know, now in, in, sure those, will. in those Jackson, Mississippi, it's a black mayor, but you're just a mayor. You're not a governor, you're not a state attorney general. You're a Democrat in an area where there's 90% black people live there, but the state in itself is controlled by Republicans and they'll do everything they can in their power to protect them.
1: Yeah, it's a sad situation. Um. What do you see actually ultimately happening?
3: I think ultimately what's going to happen is that. The, I think ultimately what's going to happen is that fine. the government, the government, will be required uh, to give that money back to the communities in which they're supposed to go. He right now still owes the, the, the state government of Mississippi like I think two hundred thirty thousand um, dollars in interest payments. But that's that's a that's a pebble in an ocean for him. Two hundred thirty thousand dollars it will not affect him at all. And clearly he you had know. no intentions on paying it, which he should have been paid it, but he had no intentions on paying it because, again, that government's protecting him. But now that it's being exposed <laughs> a little bit, we'll see. But I think ultimately the only thing that's going to happen is he's going to be required to pay that $230,000 back. And then what happens yeah. to those folks where that money's supposed to go? Lord only knows, because the money's controlled by the governor, not by the mayor.
2: Yep. Guy okay, LT, you want to you piggyback on no, that? No, no, no. That's, that's what I was saying. He probably just get fined. He ain't gonna do no jail time. Like Jay just said, I, I said the same thing. He's he just gonna get fired. He ain't going to jail. Because um they still got cool cuts planned on um, Mississippi.
3: But I don't even think he gets fined, though. You know what I mean? He just pays back what was given to his organization. And that's what he's gonna be required to pay back. The state of Mississippi is not gonna find him. The federal government can't do anything because that money was given to the state of Mississippi. So what are they gonna say? Have your organization pay it back. And you know what it becomes at the end of the day? A tax write-off.
2: Yeah, it so it's a win-win. Right. For Brett Favre. Yeah.
3: yeah. And,
1: uh, and according to the text messages, if you read them going back and forth, it's like Brett Favre was telling the, the elected officials basically what to do. We got you on board. We need you to do this. We need you to do that. Yep. That elected official was basically following what Brett Favre said. So Brett Favre like he had the most power in the situation. Absolutely. I don't know how, but, you know, a football player, you know, white football, white football, white athletes, they act like they have a lot of power with, with, uh, in politics. The black, the black athlete, they say, oh, oh, uh, you think you, you, oh, uh, you, you think you can, um, you know, serve, serve a purpose because you're just an athlete. But Brett probably looked, look to him like a god or something. Well, mm-hmm. so, I don't know, you know. Black athletes shut up and dribble. Exactly. You know? um, Anyway, moving on. Um, five um, women soccer players who was visiting the team for, um, at a BYU game uh, say that the uh, um, people in the stands was calling them the N-word while he was nearing them through the national anthem. The players protesting racial and social injustice when they heard the shouts from the crowd. One of them said, I just remember that there was like a consistent chant of stand up, nigga during the anthem, and right after, one of the players told the Guardian um, anonymously, and when they brought this to the attention of the BYU coaching staff, there was no response or sense of, like, alarm, quote-unquote. Ryan Bars, what's your thoughts on the situation? Brigham Young University is in Utah.
0: Yeah, Utah is definitely predominantly white, so, you know what I mean? And they, they, uh, like, from what I know, like, from watching certain shows about Utah, they on that Mormon or just very, you know what I mean, religious type of, you know, vibe out there. And um, they, they most of them are racist, you know what I mean? They, they don't, it's not a lot of black people out there, so, you know what I mean, they don't feel like they have to, you know, like, how it is in New York City where it's the melting pot you know, more white people, you know what I mean, they cool with us, you know what I mean, they they adapt to living with us, you know what I mean, but as far as in Utah, they don't have to, you know what I mean, because they the majority there. And um, it's a shame, you know what I mean, that they still act like it's the 1960s, you know what I mean, or the even the 20s, 1920s, where you know, we were separated and we couldn't, you know what I mean, enjoy things together. They they take it to a place where, you know, we feel uncomfortable, you know what I mean, as black people. And, you know, just shouting out those racial slurs, you know what I mean, they should have, the audience members should have got kicked out like, you know, like it was somebody getting assaulted because that's really what they do. They mentally assaulting these players but uh yeah man that's my take on that yeah i
1: mean this is the second claim because also like um a duke university's women's volleyball player she made a claim that the at Brigham Young university they used racial slurs towards her as well so this is the second uh situation that happened at this school um so you know it is what it is lt the voice your thoughts All right, Jay Boogie,
3: your thoughts? Yeah, I think um, I think what's what's what one it's Utah. I mean, to your point, point. Um, and again, like you said, this is not the first time this has happened. There, it's also actually happened at a basketball game as well. Two seasons ago, uh, it also happened there as well. And so, what's very notable to me, you know, my favorite athlete of all time, Steve Young, uh, is a graduate of BYU, and he has absolutely distanced himself from that school. Just totally. And that's very telling to me that uh, institutionally as well as culturally in the state of Utah, um, there's a problem. And, and there are there's a probably less than a percentage of, of Black people of the population living in Utah. Most of them live in Salt Lake City, which is their big city. Um, but, but Brigham Young is like, uh, it's in a city where it's, it is obviously very Mormon filled. Um, and they just don't really play well with other people that don't look like them. And the fact, the notion that the school turned a blind eye to this and did nothing about it uh, tells you that, that it's absolutely a problem and it's going to be a problem for the foreseeable future. What's going to have to happen is that, you know, I think institutions across um, the NCAA have to try and take a stance and stop sending their teams out there to play um, because they, they make money off of that when they, when they take big names out there to go play. And I think that's, that's what's going to have to happen here in the near future. But the fact that Steve Young has distanced himself from that university uh, is very telling to me.
1: All right, LT, the voice, your thoughts?
2: My bad, what was the question?
1: What was your thoughts on the the BYU crowd, um, you know, saying the N-word to um, the uh, volleyball players?
2: Oh, I ain't get much um, outlook on that, but that's just ridiculous because the world we living in today, you gotta be cautious of what you say out your mouth. So, you know, that, that was messed up. I don't know if it was a race thing or they was just young just saying it, you know, fluently like we use it, but people gotta be careful. What you say, what you post on on um instagram and and you know in the media, you gotta be careful nowadays because any little thing could offend somebody. That's my take on that.
1: Ryan bars. so um, according, um, what do you think could be done with students or in the crowd that are saying um, racially insensitive comments towards um, other teams, um students or student athletes or student athletes on their own team? What do you think should be done, could be done, or would you like to see done?
0: Well, you know, it's kind of hard because it's not like they can really see, you know I mean? They they can, you know what I mean? Like security guards that's there, you know, working in, in BYU, they can actually, you know, throw out these people that are being a nuisance towards the players. Uh, you know, they can't catch everybody. I know that, you know what I mean? But the few that are going hard, I'm pretty sure they can see them going hard. And notice that and and do something about it, you know what I mean, instead of just turning the blind, you know, giving a blind eye, you know what I mean? <clears throat> and uh, you know, it's like they should be banned, you know what I mean? Like, it's just too much, you know what I mean? Like, they they need not to be able to see another game for the rest of their life. They should get lifetime banned from the uh, volleyball games and you know kicked out immediately you know what I mean the same game that they said it in they should be kicked out not not you know uh, we got to deal with this later because I I, I, I don't want to hear none of that I want you to deal with it now you know what I mean because racism has been going on for too long and you know it's just the privilege that these white people have, the audacity that they have to call us names, you know what I mean, just because they might be upset or just it might be for no reason at all, you know what I mean? They just want to, they, they, they call it having fun maybe, you know what I mean? You never know what's on these people's mind and what their intentions are, but
2: that's my take on that. I agree okay. with Ryan a little bit. Maybe not banned for life, but maybe for the season, just to teach a lesson that, you know, this shouldn't be tolerated no more. Maybe not banned for life. Just maybe this season.
1: Okay. What about you, Jay Boogie?
3: Yeah, I do think it's something that could be done about it. I mean, we you think about 30,000 30, people in the baseball stadium and they find people that that throw things on, a state, on the floor and they throw bottles and they say things and they ban them for life from those stadiums. And that's something that should be done. I think you should be banned for life because those behaviors don't just change because I banned you for a year, the behaviors will still be there. The problem is in a place like Utah, culturally and institutionally at, at, at a school like that, it's accepted behavior. And so do you? I would love to see those individuals banned for life from, from attending sporting events Uh, in the state of utah but i think the reality of it is is that it's accepted behavior and therefore that will never happen we've seen folks banned at yankee stadium we've seen folks banned at madison square garden we've seen folks banned at all over the place because once there's the the security and the cameras in these stadiums are just unbelievable They, they are at every angle and they can always tell who's doing what and who's saying what they can tell but if it's not if there's no willingness from the leadership to make the change, then it'll never change. And, and clearly there is no, there's no desire for that leadership to, to, to make any changes as such, to, to make people not say any things, right? They have a, they have a constitutional right to freedom of speech, but you also have a you also have a duty um, as a head of an organization to ensure that it's a safe environment for athletes that come and play in your institution. And if they don't wanna see it change, it's not gonna change.
2: At the same time, a lot of people for that season need that, so a lot of people will be messed up. So that's that's a lesson learned that we not tolerating. So that's just a warning. Next time that team do it, yeah, they're banned for life. You no, know, no, it's not. You don't you don't ban
3: the teams. You don't ban the team. You ban the individuals in the audience who's saying it. I think that's what you're saying. Ban them for life. Ban those fans that can't come to us to an event. And, and be called you. Like you can be, you can be rowdy, you can be rude, you can make crazy statements like you suck, you ain't shit, you can say all of that. But to make racist slurs towards people, it should not be tolerated. Um, it's not banning the teams, but you ban the individual fan that paid a ticket to go and see them. You ban them for life from ever coming to another sporting event, and it happens all the time.
2: Yeah, you're right.
1: All right. All right. Moving on. We're going to Florida now. Florida Governor Ron DeSantos, he's uh, his appointed um, County Commissioner of Gadsden County. Um, Jeff, what's his name? Jeff Moore, he um, abruptly resigned last week after pictures of him alleged, allegedly showing him in a clue clutch clan outfit, which started to circulate around. They said that um, he never denied it at all, it was him. He never refuted nothing when I when he showed it to him. Um, so, um, what's your thoughts on this situation um, of, of, of appointed, a, a county commissioner appointed by the governor, um, you know, he was showing pictures of him, of him in a Ku Klux Klan outfit. <laughs> Uh,
0: boss. your thoughts on this situation? You know what it is? I think they be just tired of hiding, you know what I mean? That's what it be, you know what I mean? They be wanting to come out that closet. They be like, yo, look, I'm racist and I want everybody to know it. But, you know, I just think, you know what I mean? It's, it's a shame that we have KKK in 2022 like they should be looked at as a gang you know what I mean? like the same way they treat the Bloods and the Crips and the Vice Lords the folks and the GDs and the BDs they should be treating the KKK the same way even more. but anyway you know what I mean that's my take on that uh LT the voice your thoughts
2: He's showing his true colors. He letting it be known like, yo, this is what I'm about. I'm in here now. So now y'all will see me for who I am. Trying to bring that the old thing back. That's what he's doing. He said, I'm keeping it like this. Now y'all see me. So y'all know what time it is. And that's the crazy stuff. That's the people we put in office but. If we wish to run for something, we got to do an extensive background check. They want to know who your mother was, who your grandfather was, who your great-great-grandfather was. They want to go through your whole family tree before they put you in the seat. Was you in this thing? Did you do this? Were you that? It's crazy. People put stuff in the hiding under the rug. And then later, when they get into certain positions, they want to come out. It's like, you could be with somebody for years, and they really don't know who they are. So that one day, you're like, oh, wow. I knew you for 20 years. I didn't know this was you... Surprise, surprise. That's my take.
1: Jay Boogie, your thought?
3: Yeah, so... I think one, the fact that he resigned, Um, uh, I will give him a little credit for resigning and the governor did not fire him or force him to resign. He resigned, uh, which tells me he knows he was wrong and he was fucked up. Here's a guy that was appointed in a a county and an area in in Florida in which most of the appointed folks in that area are black people. Like, and and if you read the article, it stated that he was the only non-black person that was appointed uh, to any board seat uh, as a county commissioner, et cetera, et cetera, in that, neighbor, in that area of Florida. The notion that the governor's office didn't know anything about it is beyond me. Um, the other part about it is they, they they're going to, this will blow over like nobody's business because they were dealing with all of the hurricane stuff, right? And then there's no doubt about it that Rhonda said is obviously preparing uh, to probably announce a run for president in 2024, And so this is something that he absolutely wants to blow over. And I think that's exactly what's gonna happen here. Another issue like this, that will blow over. Um, And so, uh, yeah, they do do background checks, right? I get background checks done on me all the time, but you know, how extensive are they? They don't go and search for pictures and things of that nature of you. They look, you know, they check people's social media these days, you know, and see what type of lifestyle you live before they appoint you to these jobs. So clearly the governor thought that he was someone of influence and importance to enough to, to appoint him uh, to this position. Again, kudos to him for resigning. I just still think it's crazy that in 2022, we're still dealing with closet racist people. But again, I give him all the credit in the world for resigning and not staying in the seat and pushing the issue because the governor could have easily pushed the issue and let, allowed him to stay in that seat, but he did choose to resign. And so I do give him credit for that. And that's all I give him credit for. But there are still closet racist folks in this world. Um, obviously, we've seen them over the last, you know, six years or so since Trump became president. Um, and it's not going to stop. It's just a matter of people paying attention and staying alert uh, to these types of folks that are, that are around. But it goes back to, you know, understanding, you know, elections have consequences. And when you, when you elect these, these top-level folks who have the ability to appoint, uh, where we have no say in the people who they appoint because he was appointed, we didn't, that. those types of folks are not elected. They're appointed by the governor. Elections have consequences. And these are the consequences of allowing Ron DeSantis to be reelected for governor uh, in the state of Florida. And this is what you're going to do with it.
1: Yes, sound situation, sad situation that's going on here. Um, all right, moving on. Eme Udoka, Boston Celtics head coach who just took them to the NBA finals, they lost in six games to the Golden State Warriors has been suspended for one year by the team for engaging in a consensual relationship with a, with a staff member. Um, it was a, they said it was consensual. Um, come to find out, there's a lot of reports in the Brother park that we just say stuff. Uh, it was Kathleen Nemo Lynch who is a, a wife of a vice president of the Boston Celtics, the, who is the alleged woman um who Umel Doka had the alleged uh, relationship with. Um, so he's been suspended for a year. Email Doka, who is um he's the fiance, he's not married to me alone, but he's in a relationship with Neilon. They have some they have kids together. Um, so the lady, um, Miss Um miss nemo lynch she was a uh she used to um you know um to do flights and stuff for Neilon to help her get to the game and stuff of that things of that nature that's what she used to do and they see a lot of pictures with her or on, on um like on the finals you see pictures with her you see her on the floor on the boston celtics so a lot of things has been going on it's a messy situation here um brian bars what's your thoughts on this situation and do you think he deserved this um, that year's suspension?
0: Ryan Boss. Yeah, um, I don't think he deserved a whole year's suspension, you know what I mean? Because it really was his business. It wasn't like he raped somebody or sexually assaulted somebody. It was consensual. But, you know, I think they thinking about the bro code, you know what I mean? You can't be doing that to your homies, you know what I mean? That's the reason why they' trying to, you know, I me mean, give him that year suspension. But you know, what I mean, he, 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 Eric Benet, man, he got near long, you know, got kids. He's about to get married, her, and then he mess up and mess with one of these white girls. You know what I mean? That's, yeah, you know, he know he ain't supposed to be messing with stab. That's like no more HR rule. You know what I mean? But he messed up, and you know. A year, I wouldn't. I wouldn't again a whole year, you know what I mean? Maybe six months to me, uh, or something like that, but not no whole year. That's my take. All right, LT the voice, your
1: thoughts?
2: It's in the handbook, it's protocol. He gets suspended, he got to get suspended. He broke the rules. You know what I mean, we when you go to a job, they give you a um sexual harassment handbook. And you that's supposed to be um fraternizing with your co-workers. That caused a conflict of interest at some point. He he he, he just gotta eat that. that. That was his fault. That's my take on that. J Boogie the-
3: Yeah, man. So I I mean, I agree with my brothers. Um you know, you know what you get yourself into when you sign that contract, and and there are, there are things that are there, right? This is a this was a this was an organizational policy. This is not an NBA policy. That's why the NBA is not involved in this. It's an organizational policy. But I do think at the end of the day, I mean, what's what's known is that this young lady uh, was the spouse of one of their senior VPs of the organization, and so this was this could not happen. And I think at the end of the day you can never forget in this industry that you are still a black man operating in a white man's world that's still run by white men. It is, it is played by, it is operated by um, 85% black people. But at the, at the, the, at the, at the 15% level, uh, which is the small, um, the small level, uh, the, the ownership is still white. The upper management of almost every organization is still white. And you can't forget the fact that you're a black man still playing for these white people and operating with these white people. And, and I think that was something that he forgot. And then when you're in a position of power, you certainly, you know to, to LT's point of fraternization and, and it could be, be viewed as an abuse of power. But I think make no mistake about it, it's all about the fact that this lady was married to one of the executives of this organization and they were not gonna stand by and let this happen. You know, I heard Stephen A. last week talk about it happens all the time, blah, 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 blah. And it's true, but not every organization has those policies either. And so he is just a victim of the circumstance of the policies in which this organization has in place. And and you know, you can't go, you know, if 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 or I know, I know, I know uh, what's going on in other organizations. I think it's certainly true. I think we all know that, but it doesn't take away from the fact that you violated the policies of the organization which you were working for. I, I do think, you know, a year was extensive, but it was also to send a message to him. Um, and, and I think this, this is probably the, this will, I think this is the end of his coaching career, quite frankly, because who's going to be willing to take, him, take, a, take a chance on someone like this, that again, I'm going to put you in a position of power as a head coach, and you could potentially go do this again, because again, these behaviors don't just start overnight right? He's been, in a, he's been in and around the NBA for an incredibly amount of time. These behaviors don't just start. These behaviors obviously have been going on for a while. And so who, who's going to be willing to take a chance on him? Again, I don't think a year was was, was um, fit the crime, but I think there's more to the story that we all don't know about um, that forced the owner um, to go out there and do this. Um, and so I think, you know, unfortunately for, for Imei, I think this this could be the beginning of the end of him. And then obviously you've seen, you know, I love Malika Andrews dearly, but, you know, I don't think she should have come after the interim head coach either the way she did. And so in this world of of a 24-hour news cycle and social media, there's so much information at people's fingertips at this point where it it makes it very hard for people to bounce back from these types of things. And I think it's going to be incredibly, incredibly difficult for Ime Udoka to bounce back from this.
1: Now nah, his career is basically over. Um, well, in Boston, is over. But, you know, do you think, I'm going to ask Ryan Barr, do you think if if this uh, female was not the wife of a vice president, do you think they would have um, suspended him this long? Or
0: if at all? Yeah, man. Like, I think if it was just like, you know what I mean, somebody that just worked there, it would be totally different. But since it was somebody that was up there in rank, you know what I mean? They was, was like, oh, we got to teach this man a lesson. So, yeah, that, I feel, yeah, they trying to teach him a lesson. And he should know from now on, you know what I mean, to keep his thing in his pants, you know what I mean? Especially with these white women, you know what I mean? That's my take. What about you, Jay
1: Boogie? Think it was somebody. If it wasn't um, a vice president wife, you think he would have been, you know, the,
3: the he wouldn't have been suspended this amount of time. So I, I don't think it would have even been leaked um, if it wasn't the because they leaked this clearly, right? Because again, it's an internal thing, uh, and then some someone obviously within the organization leaked this to ESPN and whomever else they gave it to. Uh, this was clearly a controlled leak and gave them all the grounds to get rid of him. If it if it was not the spouse of an executive. I think they would have dealt with it internally and this would have never came out to light. Uh, because again, I think it happens all the time. But to your point, uh, is, is it would have never, to me, it just would have never come out if she was, uh, you know, the mall girl or some shit like that. I don't think it would have ever come out. But because she is who she is, it came out and they forced the issue.
1: Why do you think that um, her name hasn't been released yet?
3: Um, i think it's to protect not only her but the rest of the women in the organization and i think the other reason why her name hasn't come out is because you know the initial report said that this was a consensual thing and they don't want it to seem like it was consensual they want now at this point to make it seem like it was workplace harassment uh, by email doka and this only gives them more fuel the fire to say hey this was harassment we're going to protect her as the victim versus initially saying that it was consensual um which I think they leaked that initially that it was consensual, and then they changed the narrative, and so they won't release her name just because it gives them more grounds to say we will we will fire this guy. Um, everything that the punishment we've given him fits the bill, and so I think they're they're doing everything they can to protect her and the executive, quite frankly.
1: Well, the, the well then she probably after she got caught, you know, um, she probably went and said, you know, he forcing me to do this. That's what probably what happened. It's probably what that's probably what it started off as consensual, um, but it's a lot going on here. I mean, she probably went to her husband and told him, like, oh, no, no, he's he's forcing me and this and that, and she's trying to save her family, knowing she had a, a, a had something to do with this situation as well. I don't yep. think Imo Adoka is going to, you know, um, uh, force the vice president's wife to do something. I mean, at the end of the day, who has the power to fire him? To trump mm-hmm. him, so it's no power and control situation with this situation. She actually has the power over him, cause she could get she can go back and say something to her husband and have him fire tomorrow, which is probably what she did when they found this out. So, you know, I don't I, I don't think it was no harassment. I think it, when they got caught, I even heard some reports that you know they 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 found out about it. They had a, a sit down with these two and told them to stop. And then what happened was she got caught on the ring camera. He was talking to her on the ring camera. The husband caught her on the ring camera, talking to e and e was telling her, it was saying some stuff to her, that probably she, you know, they had that type of relationship, but she said, when she got reported to the detention, reported to the that he caught her, she said, oh no, he was harassing me.
3: <laughs> yep, yep. She flipped the story real quick.
1: Yeah, she flipped the story real quick. So, um, Ryan Bars, what's your take on um, them cheating on Neil Long for for this woman.
0: And how dumb is he? Yeah, man, he's super dumb. Like I I ain't gonna lie, I never seen no the woman. <coughs> but <coughs> I know she. I'm pretty sure she don't look better than Neil Long. Uh, no, so you don't. <laughs> he crazy. Yeah. But um. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I guess that's his lifestyle. You know, he came from being a basketball player. You feel me? Then now he a coach. And I guess he never left that that old lifestyle alone because he probably been doing this for years since he was with the Spurs. You know what I mean? Taking taking all the boys out to the bars, the strip clubs, and whatever. <laughs> that's about what say. What about you, Jay Boogie? Think how dumb is he? I think he's
3: incredibly dumb uh, for even, you know, entertaining something like that, particularly with inside of the organization. I think, you know, you've seen many of people go down and it's like there are many of lessons that are out there for him to have seen to say that this was very dumb on my part to do this. um, But the damage is done and it's too little too late. I think he's incredibly stupid for doing this shit. And, you know, you don't fraternize within the organization. I just, you know, you just don't do it. And And that was the worst mistake he made. I mean, he went for the top for I me, mean, right? I give him credit. I give him credit for that. He went for the yeah. top, but like, goddamn, but it cost you now,
1: man. Yeah, it cost him. It's gonna cost him a lot. It's gonna cost him his relationship. It's yep. gonna cost him his career. You know that that piece of Punani is gonna cost him. Gonna cost him a whole lot of pain in the long run.
3: Yep.
1: I hope it was worth it, Eme, because you got you doped.
3: <laughs> he damn sure got you doped.
1: You got you doped playboy. Shaq said, they asked Shaq about it on his pocket. Shaq said, I'm not the one to be asked because I'm a serial cheater. I saw that,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> he said, that. it cost me my family. He said, I bought a house you know, for the children. The, the children was gone. It cost me my wife. It cost me my family for me being a, a serial cheater. Yep. And I'm like, damn, I felt bad for everybody. That's the life of the NBA, man. They got so much women throwing stuff at you. You got to be really gotta be really 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 you know
2: you know disciplined with yourself. so
1: yeah you gotta be really that you know what I'm saying because
2: yeah it's
3: the life of a sports athlete man
1: they throwing it at you left and right and and for for better or for worse because they were trying to get a come up and sometimes it's good to just close your eyes and keep moving forward you know what I'm saying Right, LT, the voice?
2: <laughs> My eyes was wide open.
3: <laughs>
2: Joe was, I always Joe was there. Joe was like, no. Yo, you know what i right now? What, My what nigga Joe was home and be down. <laughs> Alright,
1: man. Um, I, um, you know, so last thing um, we had an event this past week. Uh, we had Jay Boogie for your birthday party. I want to ask Jay Boogie, what was your best time at your at your event, day, Boy?
2: Man, I, think I can, give, this... him
1: I can give him that
2: answer. I can give him that answer. Seeing all my fellas in one one spot with family, and it was no drama. You yeah, can add no,
3: no doubt. Yeah, no, it's no doubt, man. That that was the best part of it for me, all man. Seeing seeing everybody from the block seeing people I went to school with, seeing people from family, you know, that I haven't seen it for 10 years. Uh, that shit cost me a pretty penny, man. But I tell you, man, to have, to have everybody there and have a good time, you know what I mean? And turning 40, which is a blessing. You know what I mean? We have all defied the odds of, of black men in this country, uh, to be able to yes. see it to this age. We have all defied the odds. And I think to me, you know, I was driving up from Virginia up to New York and I was sitting there driving like, damn, I'm really 40, man. And,
2: <laughs> I know growing up as
3: young, growing up as young men, we used to be like damn niggas old as forty, but I think you know forty is just the beginning of our youth, um, as we as we begin to mature a little bit. But I think just seeing everybody there having a good time, the weather was perfect.
1: No doubt, no doubt. That was your first birthday party,
3: right? I think you know that that to me um, was was most important for me, and just seeing everybody have a good time, man, and that that matters the most to me. Uh, I don't put a, you know, everybody was asking, oh, you paid for all of this? I'm like, yeah, man. But you don't put a cost on on happiness, man. And you can never put a price on people's happiness. And I, again, to see everybody, I mean, I've seen folks that I haven't seen in 22 years in there, man. Um, and that was just a great time for me and my family. So it was a great time. And I appreciate everybody coming out, having a good time, breaking bread, brotherhood. Can't, can't replace it, you know what
1: I mean? Definitely. That was your first birthday party you do for yourself, right? That was my first
3: birthday party I ever had for myself.
1: Well, definitely, definitely, definitely. Ryan bars. When the last time you had a birthday party for yourself?
0: <laughs> uh, this year, man. You know, like my, my daughter, her birthday is four days before mine, so we celebrate ours together, and we always oh, go out wonderful. to Myrtle Beach. Oh, that's what's up. You know what I mean? Pop bottles. <laughs> now, yeah, just no bottles pour them in, popping nigga. Popping that Capri Sun, pop- pop- you heard? Yeah, that Caprice Sun. Uh, pop, pop. Pop that Juicy Juice. <laughs>
3: <laughs> nah,
0: but, go ahead, Brian. Sorry. Nah, nah, you know, we be having fun out there because we, we do different things every time. Like, sometimes we go to Dave and Buster's. Sometimes we go to Wonderworks. Sometimes, uh, I remember we went to this uh Japanese spot and they was cooking right in front of us and they had these tricks where, like, he had a squeeze bottle and um it looked like it looked like a mustard bottle, right? But he'll squeeze it on you and we'll think we got mustard all over us, but it's a little string that held held the top to it. And it's mad funny. Yeah. And then like he'd be uh making fire tricks with the with the food and all that. So we had a good experience out there.
1: Definitely, definitely. What about you else when you got time you had a party?
2: Uh, I, oh, shit, not a birthday party since I was little. No cake and ice cream when you was a kid. But as far as a birthday party, birthday party, nah. I just always went out so we just celebrated. But I didn't have a party.
1: Yep, uh, we'll have one this
2: year. Yeah, I can wait till my 45th birthday.
3: <laughs> I, I tell you honestly no more, like you know, the, the most important thing, you know, besides seeing everybody there was, was having my kids there with me. You know what I mean? Yep. Um and having my having my three girls there with me was was like incredibly important for me. And you know, people was like, you gonna bring your kids? I'm like, yeah, absolutely, man.
2: Word, like, this ain't, you can't this ain't about the, you know
3: sketchy stuff, man. Like this is about Yeah, my this man. ain't
2: that type of party. Right. We don't party like that no more.
3: You know, it's not like the kids ain't, I mean, we go out to eat and shit, I have a drink there, so it's not like they ain't never seen nobody fucking drink. Um, and so I think that was incredibly, incredibly important for me and meaningful, you know, for my kids to be there. Um, they were they were more excited for the party than I was, hell. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, they just wanted to go out and chill with daddy, hear some music. Yep. Wow. Uh, you know, kids see, see their little cousins they out and out shit.
1: Nighttime. They stay out late, they, like, they, they don't care as long as they stay out late. I'm outside late. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I'm an adult now. <laughs> <laughs> Word. I'm saying, uh, dick Yo, now, I,
0: I passed 8 o'clock. I'm still up. Mm. <laughs> you nah, know that goes. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you say you're outside, but you ain't that outside. <laughs> uh, you're outside, but
3: you
1: ain't outside, outside. And <laughs> <laughs> Spot showing yeah. off his yeah. dance moves. <laughs> LT Voice showing off his <laughs> dance <appearance> moves. <laughs>
2: I, to, I can't let him just get all the shine. He's lucky I wasn't dressed, nigga. He's lucky I didn't have my Pasaki shirt on.
3: Again, nobody gave a fuck about what you was wearing.
2: I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. came up in there looking like GQ and shit. Yeah, you, you know, the only, you know the only
3: person people was checking for?
2: Me. Exactly. <laughs> That's it. Because well. the
3: party is about me. It ain't about you. Nobody don't care what you wear.
2: That's why I didn't want to come out flying to you, brother. That's why right, so I said what, so. I what? what you complaining that. about That If I had to have that Versace shirt on, it would have been a contest, bro. So what? You kept
1: going back to the bar. <laughs> huh? <laughs> More Hennessy, please. You kept going back to the
2: bar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I kept going back to the bar.
1: That's what at, you all asked buddy. made a beeline come in talk to you where Spock's going. You, know, you back to the bar. Back on the line. <laughs>
3: start, 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 start charging him.
1: Good time, good time, good time. uh, Let's go. Final tape, Jay Boogie.
3: Um, look, man, again, man, I'm uh I'm thankful. I'm blessed, blessed to see 40 years old. Um you know, it's I think uh one thing about this party was it, it took a lot of teamwork, man. And I think the nice thing about teamwork is that you always have others on your side. And uh, seeing those folks that was there, as I know that as folks that I got on my side, so I appreciate it. All right, LT, your voice final
1: take.
2: Um, final take. It's positivity to being around positive men. That's so keep positive men around you. you. <laughs> huh?
1: This your final take or your job?
2: Oh, <laughs> I'm a final take, and I'm a drop of jewel. Shit. Well, we going around, guys. Go always, always be around positivity because negativity will always keep you down.
1: All right, Ryan Bars, final take.
0: Yo, I'm just happy to be on another podcast with my fellas. You know what I mean. Shout outs to my brothers that couldn't make it. You know what I mean. Um. Catch y'all next week, hopefully. Um, and you know, it's 2022. We need to stop all this hate against each other just because of the difference of color. You know what I mean? It's, it's really not that serious. You know what I mean? That's my final take.
1: Right, definitely. Um, all right, Melty the Voice. Thank you so much for joining us today. Drop a do before you go.
2: We'll always expect the unexpected, but always expect a blessing.
1: All right, LT voice. All right, Ryan Boss, thank you so much for joining us today. Drop a before you go.
0: The devil be trying, but God be denying. Amen. All right, they taking us to church now. Jay Boogie, thank <laughs> you so much
2: for joining
3: us today. Drop a Jew before you go. Yes, sir. Um, if you persevere long enough. If you do the right things long enough, the right things will happen.
2: Amen. That's right. Thank you, thank you so much. brother's podcast. Ma, 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 drop a jewel. Huh? Ma, drop a jewel.
1: Jew. Keep your friends close. There you go.
2: And your enemies closer?
1: Nope. Just keep your friends close. Nothing else. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> beat up the interview, <laughs> yo, ball. Turn the channel five real quick. I
1: ain't got the TV on right now, but yo, true. This, oh, this has been another edition of the brothers podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now that we done spoke on these topics, you know it's only right that we open up your optics for all my listeners. Now I know you got options, but I ask around. The brother's the hottest, like DJ Khaled. We the best in these streets. Make sure that you're listening in next week. Shout out to Sergeant J Boogie and World Tour, LT the Voice, and PC Joe for sure. Mr. Wireless and Ryan Barrs leave you wanting more. You know it's brothers' podcast. What you fronting for? Where we got news and drop jewels galore. The Brothers Podcast, Stash Crib Report, Chip! BK, All Day, Ryan Bars. The future like flying cars.